All day long the roads had been muddy and rutted. The sky was dark and overcast. Probably there would be more soon. Verley Fisher reckoned they had made about eight miles. She had been driving since early morning. Paul, shirking his responsibility, had promoted a wonderful scheme for himself. He would ride on ahead to the next town to reconnoiter and find a place for them to go get grain and to camp, and he would have things ready for them when they would arrive. It was just like Paul to embark them all on the long trek west and then to escape. Maybe if Verlee hadn't been so mad at Paul, she could have taken other things easier. Things like bad roads, her ma's easy tolerance of Paul's transgressions, the fact that her brother Rob was two years younger, and so the burden of the family fell on her shoulders. They were young, slim shoulders, and the heavy man's shirt she wore couldn't conceal their tender curves. When the trail grew increasingly bad and finally ended in an impassable mud hole, Verlee blamed her pa for that, too. She blamed the whole sex. Men, she thought bitterly. She got down from the wagon with stiff-legged anger, and the heat from her blazing blue eyes almost dried up the mud hole. In thin-lipped silence that gave no indication of the beauty of her full red mouth, Verley stalked to the side of the road and surveyed the land that bordered it. There were no ruts or holes on the other side of the fence. The other side of the fence was passable. The other side of the fence was always nicer, it seemed to her. Then, venting her fury at paw and the elements and the geography in a burst of activity, she began to lay down the rails of the fence. She would travel the other side of the fence she decided. Rob, who had remained on the wagon from an inherited tendency to let other people handle difficulties and to give unpleasantness time to evaporate, jumped down and came to her. He wasn't as bad as Paul, Verley figured, only because he was younger. "'What you aiming to do?' he asked. "'This here's private property. You can't take down other people's fences.' Without answering, Verley continued her efforts— and pretty soon Rob began to help. Ma Fisher looked out of the back of the wagon, and satisfied with what she saw, retired within again. When she was young, she had been just like Verlee, but living with Pa had changed her. First, she had tried to change him, but she soon gave that up. Now confronted with a mud hole, she would have just sat there till Pa came back for him. But if Verley wanted to take down fences or make a new road, Ma wasn't going to stop her. Ma felt Verlee could only learn by experience. Besides, Ma had a glimpse of a jigger coming down the road whom she took to be the owner of the ranch, and even at that distance she could see his wrath. The rancher began to holler before he reached him, and at first Verlee didn't think he was talking to her from his language when she could distinguish it, she was quite sure he wasn't talking to her. She had never been addressed in such a fashion in her whole life, and when she had inadvertently encountered similar expressions, she had usually pretended to be deaf, or that she wasn't even present. "'Hey,' said Rob, "'I think—' "'Tend to your own business,' Verley said complacently. "'Just ignore him.' 
If Verley didn't think the stranger was addressing her, he was perfectly aware that she was talking about him, and he looked very much as if he was going to blow his top.